Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Burned Ambition. I am Burned DD 2018, and I am so happy to have y'all here tonight. And you guys are going to be feel so blessed to be here tonight because my guest this evening is Minister Frank Green. I met him in my life coaching course, and his story is remarkable because you know, I only bring on survivors, and uh, Frank is um, a heart transplant survivor. So, yeah, is uh, he's blessed, and and his wife has donated organs, and his son has received, you know, like divine help from uh, people who didn't know him. He, he's just a wonderful man to know, and when you talk about overcoming adversity. He's one of the first people that I think of. Um, I listen to him every week on Tuesdays on uh, Keeping Ministry Alive. And um, before I bring him on, remember if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, like, subscribe, and share. The goal is to get this uh, podcast in front of whoever needs to see it. So that's the way you can support us the most. And let now I'm bringing on Frank. Hey, Frank, how are you? And Shauna. Hey, Tanya, doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing real well. Hi, Tanya. Good, good. Y'all 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 scoot real close to each other so we can see y'all. You look great. I'm so glad y'all have been so long. <laughs> look at you two. Uh, I, I've I've been missing y'all since um, life coaching class. Um, so everyone, this is Shauna. This is Shauna Green. She is Frank's wife. She is just so equally amazing, and she was my peer partner as a life coach. So she helped me basically become a growth coach, and um, they're just really special people to me. So I'm going to just let Frank tell himself tell you a little bit about himself and how we've gotten here today. You can start your story anywhere you'd like. Um, just tell us, you know, where are you from? Well, currently I'm in Salinas, California, originally uh, born in Chicago. Um, at the age of 10, uh, moved to Carroll, Illinois, which is in the Southern part of the state. Um, left Carroll around, I don't know, maybe 90, joined the military, uh, end up uh, going overseas to Panama from 91 to 93, uh, returned uh, from Panama, um, end up moving out to Baltimore uh, from 93 to about 96. Um, in 96, I went to Atlanta. Uh, 97 is when me and Shauna met. And that kind of brings everything up to the uh, the current time. I left a whole lot out of life in between that. <laughs> um, <talk> that. <laughs> what did you say, Tanya? I said we can talk about some of it, some of that that got left out in between. <laughs> Just yeah, that, that was done intentionally, you know? Uh, oh, I know, um, I know. I didn't know uh, yeah. I getting that you lived in Atlanta for a while, because that's where I am, that y'all were here. Yeah, 
Um, actually, I was there from 90, beginning of 96, January 1st of 96 to um, September the 5th of 2005. And, oh, that's... Uh, can elaborate that's, on her time, you know? Well, what I'm interested in is, um, you know, I've told everyone that you're a heart transplant um, recipient and survivor, because that's a big thing. How long has it been? since your heart transplant? Um, actually three years and uh, three years, one month. And if we count today, three days, you know? Yeah, three um, years and three yeah, days, so, anniversary. Happy heart anniversary. Like we have burn anniversaries when you're burned. So you have a heart anniversary. So congratulations. Yes, that's, um, that's- Absolutely. And now let me get it straight in my head because Shauna is an organ donor. So how long has it been since Shauna yeah. a kidney? Matter of fact, my brother and I's anniversary, it was in March. March 15 made 15 years. So that's <gasps> a blessing. Really is. I was wondering. So what I want y'all to 15 years, yes. What I want y'all to understand, what's amazing about this, y'all, is that Shauna, you know, donated a kidney. You know, she's such a giving person. And then, you know, so that was 15 years ago. And then 12 years later, it comes to be that her husband needs a heart and he gets a heart transplant. But it's not that easy to get a transplant, is it? Can y'all hear me okay? Absolutely not. No! <laughs> yeah, you can. No. Oh, you can. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell you. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, I got to tell y'all, the devil been here today. Y'all know me. <laughs> He's been here today. So it's absolutely not easy to get a heart transplant. And But how did it, how did it happen? Man, that was a, a process um, because you have to go through a battery of tests like... Um, social worker, uh, making sure that you actually have some supportive system set up. And that's not just with the heart, that's with any organ. Let me, let me say that. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have a support team there. Um, they want to make sure that you financially stable because there's going to be months um, or longer than just a few months that you may be out of work or unemployed or uh, just disabled. Um, right. So it's that part of it. It's the mental part of it of, you know, um, you dealing with uh, the uh, possibility of, of passing, you know, um, how does that look for the ones that you're leaving on? Um, in my case, I was dealing with uh, mentally, I was dealing with somebody had to pass in order for me to actually live. So it even took me up until this present year to write a letter to the donor's family because I didn't know how they may be processing it. Um, you don't know if that, um, in my case, this young man left a family, if he had a wife, kids. Um, you don't know his social background, economically, um, spiritually, where was that person at, you know, um, and what kind of lifestyle they just lived, period. So, you know, just, um, that's just a small part of it, though, uh, for me to, to, I'm sorry, you can go ahead, Tanya. No, 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 go ahead. Like, oh, it's so interesting um, to me, like, you don't know anything about your donor. No. Um, the only thing that I do know is that the person came from uh, Marin County, uh, which is about 30 miles 
um, south, I mean, north of uh, San Francisco. Um, the young man was 30 years old um, at the time. So right now, for me, I'm celebrating 33 years as of June the 4th. Um, but yeah, you you don't have any information. They don't give you any information intentionally um, because again, you don't know how that family may react. Uh, you going out trying to look for that family probably is not the wisest thing to do. Um, and I'm not laughing at that. I'm just saying like, it, it doesn't really make sense uh, because they're going through a, a tragic situation, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you may be bubbly and happy because you're living, but you know, everybody don't do right by these organs as well, you know? So you have some people that go out and if they was drinking or using drugs or whatever they devices uh, were, maybe they back using those same vices again versus uh, looking at a second opportunity or a second chance in life. Um, so yeah, just, you know, um, the mental part, the spiritual part and physically, cause you got to recover physically with this as well. Um, all those are, are challenges. It's not easy. That's for sure. And yes, I know it's not. And I, you know what I hadn't thought about that you just said was them preparing you for the fact that you may die. Because once you wake up from any other trauma, you know, you've got through the coma or whatever, you wake up, it's you're going to make it. You made it. You made it. No, nobody says to you. Oh well, you might still not, you might still not make it, even though that's a dream. Because I got sick, really, really sick several times after I woke up. That nobody says it, nobody said it to me. You know, I had pneumonia, and sepsis, and things like that. But nobody made me deal with the idea that you know you're awake now, but maybe you're still not going to make it. That to me, really. That's amazing. I think if if you you know when we talk about no matter how bad we think we have it, like how bad I thought I had it as a burn survivor, somebody's got it worse. Well, imagine guys if you were if you were being told you know you're here, we're going to do this for you, and let's prepare for if you don't make it. No, uh, yeah, that. I'm sorry, Tanya. I, I didn't mean to. We all learn this. Be happy right now. <laughs> the whole podcast because we went to growth coach class and our teacher could be watching. <laughs> the whole episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> oh, it was um, it was something you had said when you came on to um, keep a ministry alive um, about you. I don't know if you used the word coma or not, but I know that you um, was in a in a sleep. Um, uh-huh. So it's funny because Sean and them took pictures of me right after the surgery, right? And I took these pictures, I'm smiling and, you know, looking at it, you look like, oh man, this dude who is enjoying life, right? But in reality, I lost at least a day, maybe two days where I didn't remember anything. I don't remember taking the pictures. The morphine. Um, you see the pictures of me, but um there's mm-hmm. man morphine and whatever <laughs> else they had drugged me up with it had me totally out of it you know for four 24 hours and what's um what i do remember when i actually when I came to was my cousin uh, one of my cousins from atlanta she just happened to be passing 
through San Francisco on a little trip. I think she was coming from Hawaii or somewhere. I'm not even sure, right? But at any rate, she just happened to be passing through San Francisco um, from Atlanta. And she dropped out of the hospital to see me at Stanford. And um, she touched the bottom of my feet. And I just remember popping up from that. Um, and when I went back and looked at the photos that my wife had took, I was like, when was this done? She like, as soon as you came out of surgery. And I'm like, huh? Like, I'm smiling and, you know what I'm saying? I'm throwing up the do sign and stuff. Like, it didn't make sense, you know? Um, I'm grateful, you know, but at the time, it just didn't make sense, you know? Right. Now, what happened? Is it? Do you mind if I ask what happened that caused you to need heart transplants? Is it just, was it genetic or? Yes. And um, yes and yes, right? Um, some of it definitely was genetic and some of it, um, I'm actually the, the perpetrator behind it. You know, like um, I have, or I had a disease called ACM, which is hypocardiomyopathy. It's a genetic disease um, and, and it's common in black uh, families, right? And a lot of times we don't know about it. Most of us just end up actually dying and then we get diagnosed and find out, oh, that person had this disease, right? Um, so I, um, I went through a battery of tests in the military, um, and kind of found out, um, at this time that I had, had this, um, I was, I was trying to go like air assault, airborne and do all this paratroopers type stuff. Right. And, um, I couldn't pass the physical running test. Um, I could do everything else, but the running, I, I'm. I'm just getting tired, right? And falling short. And um, I get tested and find out um, I'm dealing with, with a heart issue, you know? But I blow it off for the next 20 plus years. I act like it's, it's nothing, you know? Um, I consider myself an athlete. So like um, playing ball, basketball, football, um, it bothered me, but it didn't bother me to the point where I, I wouldn't exert myself. I, I continue to continue to exert myself um, no matter what. And a couple times I end up um, like just blacking out. My son's seventh grade year or eighth grade year, I was um, assistant coach for him who has basketball team. And I end up um, passing out at a practice. And it was a real slight pass out because they didn't know I had did that, but I knew I had like darked out for a second. And that's when I started like, and I need to get myself checked. And it just kept building up from there. But I was in denial for a long time. You know, I was looking for God to deliver me by healing me um, on the inside. And um, God said, no, I, I got to, you know what I'm saying, I got to transplant a heart into you, you know what I'm saying, so that people will understand. I don't want people just saying you've been delivered because one day you were sick and then the next day you came in. Nothing's wrong with that. Next day you come in and now you, you all heal. But if I physically take your heart out and physically place another heart in there, not only do you have a witness of yourself, but you have a witness of these doctors and other folks that can testify to say that this has happened um, and that right. you're walking around with somebody else's heart in your body, you know? And because of some of the heartless acts I, I had did in my life before, um, I think this is why God, part of the re reason is why God did that for me, you know, to show you know, I'll give you another heart. I'll give you a second chance at life, literally. 
it's gonna be y'all. He gets me every time. I, every time I talk to him, I get mad. Yeah, pray, I mean, um, yeah, that is uh, amazing to to you know get a new heart. But for me, I mean, don't you think Shawnee does he not have the biggest heart? You know, I mean, from what I see, I mean, he's you know, <laughs> from what I see, see the wife is like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, he does. He does. And yeah, it, it's truly a blessing, um, you know, to actually receive a heart. You know, it's just like unheard of. Uh, it so, really is. So, yeah, it, it truly is a blessing. And and if you're, um, I mean, it's probably because you were so young. I mean, th there's a waiting list for hearts, right? Or for organs when you're not. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yes, there is. How long and how long was the waiting list? How long did you wait? <laughs> I only waited um, the term. Yeah, the, the term of somebody being in, in their mother's womb. I waited nine months. Right, um, that was very short. Is it, um, most is folks <laughs> don't. Yeah, right. Most people don't receive um, that that organ. In fact. 20 per, statistics says 20 percent of the people that's on the, the waiting list uh, i, I want to say further heart um end up passing in the hospital and, and do not receive it it's even higher for for kidney kidney is the highest organ that's needed and right. it's even much higher i i want to say it's like 17 people um uh, and i i mean how the number totally wrong so please don't quote me on this but i want to say it's like 17 people uh, i think that's per day that passed for not having a, uh, for being able to um, receive a kidney. Um, and that's definitely, interesting. Um, we can only heart. need one kidney, right? So like you, you, we only need one kidney. So it's interesting that most people are dying right. from the organ that we have two of that we can, that we can share if we, if, if we so choose. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, interesting to me that's one of those yeah that's that was that's one of those arsenio halls uh moments is it <laughs> no with the uh, go, mm. the oh <laughs> yeah hmm. we all have to yeah. care but most people get <laughs> and especially in our community that because of diabetes and insulin resistance and things like that the main reason i keep talking to my followers about why you know, when you're saying, oh, during beauty, you look great. I'm saying, no, I got to get weight off. It's not because I'm not body positive. It's because my numbers aren't right. We need to keep them right. But now I have some interesting things. We had your bio up right. and we didn't go through all of it, but I'm sure everyone watching and listening has um, read it. And one of the interesting things to me was that you said, um, you had been in the military and found yourself facing 21 years in military prison. This is before wow. the transplant, y'all. And <laughs> okay, this is before, <laughs> a long time ago. And yeah. uh, But it's interesting to me because a lot of people don't give everyone enough grace for being able to um, better themselves or change 
things within yourself. So this gentleman sitting before you uh, was facing 21 years in military prison. How did you not spend 21 years there? Cause you didn't, right? Because you're only, you're not old enough. No. Okay. No, I, I mean, I'm old enough now, but no, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't do 21 years there. Um, man, you're able to- I'm going to try to make it short. Okay. Oh, great. I'm sorry, Tony. I was just going to say you you were able to get out, but go ahead, please tell us. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. Um, most people that have been um, locked up or dealt with the law in some form or fashion know when you get ready to go to court, you're facing more charges than you probably actually have. Uh-huh. So, me facing 21 years didn't actually mean I would get 21 years. Once most of the charges got dropped, it was like between I 10 see. and 15. But um, even out of that, I could have got maxed out at 10 or 15. And I went judge alone, and by doing so, I only received um, eight months confinement. But um, that eight months confinement was really the probably, um, besides the heart transplant, my wife and son, um, probably the most precious time um, of my life. And I say that because I was a, um, well, definitely a weed head at that time. Um, and mind you, I'm overseas in Panama in another country, um, right. had access to as much cocaine um, as I wanted. Um, and I was a coke user. Um, and because of those eight months, I was able to stop. And when I say user, I was like using coke every day. So it wasn't like it was um, a hit here and a snip there or whatever. Um, it was part of, at that time, part of my DNA. So to, um, to be delivered, from that and not have to go through uh, classes or courses and things like that. And God delivered. It was just God showing me even early on in my life, you know, that I'm, I'm with you in spite of your own vices, you know, right. Um, he delivered me and um, I ended up getting eight months um, out of that situation. And that eight months helped you become clean and free of the cocaine and the, weed or or it just helped you um build your relationship like with god or what what was it oh no it was still some more work behind that um it 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 delivered me from the cocaine usage um but immediately after i i got released um i went straight to the streets now i'm i'm selling cocaine and i'm i'm in baltimore Okay. Um, I never used it again, but um, the weed quite naturally increased, the alcohol increased, um, yeah. violence um, was, was part of my life, you know. That's what got me into the um, facing 21 years was, um, uh, and I'm not trying to promote any of this this negative activity because uh, I don't want to give the devil any credit, um, right. but I'm just speaking these things as they, they happen. Right. Um, you know, um, the violence, the um, the womanizing, the um, the alcohol, you know, all those things became more apparent in my life because it was like, what do you have? You just, you know what I'm saying, got kicked out the military. You got all this other negative stuff. You 21 years old. And at that point, life looked hopeless. And to be quite honest, I never really expected to live past 25. I expected to possibly make it to 21. 
But I was like, that's at that time, it just seemed like a lot of our generation was getting killed off, murdered, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so to, to uh, I don't know if you remember or others remember during that time in the late 80s, early 90s, but um, it just seemed like it was the status quo, you know, that that young black male wouldn't make it. So, you know, to, to, uh, to get to 21 was definitely a privilege. But when I started looking back, when I got to 25, I was like, man, I had no goals. I had any, nothing really set up, you know, and it wasn't until, um, to be honest, until 2008, when I was totally delivered from everything, like, um, because of my activity and my behavior, uh, my son was born in 2001, but, um, my wife left me in 2001 and um, she came back out here to California where she from and I stayed in Atlanta. So for the next three, three and a half, almost four years, even though I was coming out to see my son, we were, we were technically separated. And yeah. um, I came out that September of, of 2005 and I was like, I just can't, you know what I'm saying? I can't run away from my son anymore. I really gotta be here. Yeah. And between him and um, and God, you know, I, I don't know. I woke up one day and I didn't have a desire to drink no more. And I was like, whoa, that's really like weird because it's been part of my life every day. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a desire to uh, smoke anymore, you know, and I'm not going through classes to get delivered. So mm -hmm. you know, I knew it was the, the hand of God on me and folks praying for me, you know, but um, I had a desire to be out there cheating on my wife, you know, so um, and we wasn't mm -hmm. like quote unquote, married through um, the custom at the time, as far as the church is concerned, but um, I always had honored her by words, not always by my deeds, right? But I had always honored her as, as my wife, you know? So uh, when those things started to transform in my life and change for me, and I wasn't the one that was in control of those things, it just let me know I need to, to draw closer to God, you know, show my son um, a part that, that's greater than running the streets or thinking, you know, that you demand because you got these women, you demand because you can pop these bottles, you demand because you got money in your pocket, you demand for all the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I needed to show him something positive, you know? And this is something a lot of our young men need to hear. Um, that's why I asked you about it. Neither one of us, neither me nor Minister Green, Coach Green, Coach, both Coach Greens are, are saying that any of what either of us have been through is cold, but we're saying it happened. And we're saying that if it's, if you're there, right. you can get out of it. We're saying that. We're saying if you think, you know, right. you can, we're saying you can. And regardless of whether, you know, it's, um, getting over, you know, me being burned or getting, healing his heart literally and figuratively. His heart was healed twice by God. Right. And yours, I mean, you know, it's um, yeah. you know, God, yeah. the universe, you call it whatever you want. But young men, if you're out there and young ladies, you know, whatever life you're living, you can change it. 
you're in control of that. What's interesting to me is that, you know, after, you know, when I got burned, I was, we were drinking wine, we we're having, you know, we we're drinking wine and I still don't drink wine now after being burned. But when I woke up from the coma, you know, I had no desire to drink wine and I would have wine. Boy, if I'm cooking dinner, I'm drinking wine, right? So, you know, any day I'm cooking and, um, you know, I, I don't drink wine. I, I woke up, I didn't smoke. I don't smoke anymore. I don't even drink coffee. I like mm. sugar, though. <laughs> <That is. laughs> I'm talking to God about that. But <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You know, it was just like, that's amazing to me to hear you say the same thing, that those burdens were lifted from right. you, that that was taken away from you, the desire to drink, the desire to smoke. It can be, it can be done, y'all. Wherever you are, you can make it, whether it's the hospital bed or you can make it. So that's why we're talking about this. And um, that's why I love this story because it gets even better. I hope we can get it in because <laughs> it keeps getting better. I mean, God <laughs> has got his... <laughs> right in Minister Green's life, like every day. And then <laughs> every day I see it, you know, I, he's a one, oh, just so wonderful. I'm, I've got, I'm all teared up, but I want to talk about your son too, because you mentioned that, you know, that's what helped you get rid of, get, get rid of the drugs, get rid of the alcohol, get, get back to your family as your son. And then you find yourself, um, his name is um, Cy. Is his name Cy? What is your son's name? Cy, right? Yeah, Cy, Cy, we call him. I thought it was Cy. Um, Hey, Cy. Um, (laughs) You changed your life then as a baby. And then what happened? How did this happen with your friends um, from... The, Cal- the California inmates that I want you to tell the story of what happened with your son and his tuition. And I want everybody who's not listening, whatever you're doing, I want you to stop right now and listen because when it gets, when he gets done, I'm going to say what I always say, which is, but God. So what happened with the tuition for your son when, when you were waiting on a heart transplant down and out, what happened? Yeah, well, it was a couple of things that was taking place in our life at that time. Um, I don't know if the wife wanted to share her story or not. Um, Go ahead and finish. You can tell her about uh, about Sai. Okay. And the blessing. Um, so we were doing both with some health issues, me and my wife both, which uh, put us um, employable at the time. And um, we had completed his, his freshman year at a private school called Palmer. And um, I I was doing limo driving at the time, and he ended up at the school because of one of my clients. You know, they kept talking to me about, hey, what do you think about this school over here? You know, I sit on the board, and your son would be a great fit. And I kept blowing him off for probably his whole eighth grade year. And right into the end, when we were about to get him into school, uh, we was like, man, we really want to put him in this public school environment with the bang banging and all these other things that's going on 
And even in his seventh and eighth grade year, you had kids already drinking and <laughs> using drugs and stuff. So we like, no, nah, that's probably not a, a great fit. He the only child, um, not too many cousins, his age around, and not a lot of friends around either that would guide him in the right direction. So um, we end up getting him into private school in Tupama, uh, made it through the first year. Um, the school itself was 1500 bucks a month. And it wasn't like a, a school calendar year where you do like nine months and then those other three months, you don't have to pay. <laughs> the other three months, it was a calendar, a physical calendar year, right? So 12 months out of a year, you would pay 1500 bucks whether your son was at school or not. And it was an all-boys school too, right? Mm -hmm. um, so going into a sophomore year, we just didn't see how it was going to happen. So I got a call during the summer um, going into a sophomore year probably like a month before school started, like the beginning of August, a uh, lot of part of July. And I'm like, oh, they about to offer me a job or this or that, right? So my mind always thinking, you know, these other opportunities. And I got there and uh, they said, well, man, the, the, basically the chaplain wants to talk to you. So I had never met this guy, never talked to him. I don't know if I even had seen him on campus or not, but nevertheless, he called me in and uh, we began to talk and there's some, a small talk and he said man you know i i got some uh, some great news for you i don't know how you're going to take it how you're going to accept it um, if you will even accept it but um he used these words and we don't use these words anymore but he used these words at the time he said um these um these brothers out at Saladad prison they want to pay for your son's uh next three years of of uh of school the what at prison um these were, we call them brothers in blue. Um, oh. Those are formerly brothers in blue, but um, they were incarcerated. And he was like, man, they want to uh, take care of the next three years of, of, of your son's tuition. And I almost fell out the chair because I didn't understand where that was coming from. I immediately started crying. Um, I just emotional breakdown. And, Shauna and Sai's out in the car. They don't have no clue what's going on. So I'm going through a whole box of tissues in here. Like, you know, what what really just happened? I, I'm Even to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how this all happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, so um, from that point on, um, we began going out to, to the Saladar prison. Um, it was every Wednesday. Um, for the next three years, or actually two and a half, because COVID ended up hitting my son's in the year. But um, we we went out there, and what started off is just uh, uh, basically greeting me, if that's the right word to use, uh -huh. end up turning into a lifetime friendship. Now, um, I've been up to the state capitol with with my guys uh, for them to receive a twenty seven point five or twenty eight. 0.5 million, believe me, they'll correct me. Um, so hopefully I got the numbers right. But um, going up to Sacramento to the state capitol, watch them receive that type of uh, that type of funding from the state um, after being sentenced yeah. to life. Some were 26 to life, 46 to life. Um, you name the numbers in between, they were there. And um, we stepped into a room the first time we went out there with 200 plus brothers in blue, you know, um, telling us as a family, but telling my son's side more so, telling our son's side more so, 
we got your back and we're here to hold you down, whatever you need, you know. Um, so to raise $33,000 plus dollars, um, to see our son to finish high school and for uh, four of the major key players to actually, that were doing life, to actually be out at the time of my son's graduation, um, mm-hmm. that was all God. Like Lisa Lane came in and did her her, her event and show, um, and that was truly a huge blessing for us to get that national publicity and worldwide publicity. Um, yes. But like really seeing them come home and seeing them being able to to celebrate inside and us to be able to 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 love on them just as well. You know, we doing ministry together now. We we working together now. I mean it's 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 like a couple times out of the week I'm talking to to one of these brothers um about something. A lot of ministry, but it's it's like we got a different type of friendship and a bond. It's almost as if I had did time with them. Um it, it almost seems like that. And you talking about six years, you know, they did 20 some years plus, um, and even more in some cases of being incarcerated, you know, so and they got going make up. They got sorry, released. Sorry? Some of, uh, and the yes. guys, they got released because, um, let, let me do a quick thing for the, I know the story because Lisa Lane did this on This Is Life, and uh, I saw it only through life coaching. Didn't know it was Frank and Shauna, so I'm watching the story, feeling all emotional, already crying, and then I see, like, Frank in the video, and I'm like, wait. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. And then I don't even remember what happened after that, but uh, (laughs) I don't remember anything after that. It was just like overwhelming because what he's telling you is that these uh, brothers in blue, I didn't know to call them that because I, I'm sorry if when I use the other words, but um, the brothers in blue decided to pay, a tu- you know, pay it forward and pay a tuition for someone. And it happened to be his son, Sai that had been chosen who was in need because, you know, they were having medical issues, both um, uh, Shauna and Frank. So these gentlemen in the the brothers in blue used the money that they were making while incarcerated, yeah. and and they and they earned thirty three thousand dollars in three years. Now, what you need to know is that when you're incarcerated and you're working, you might be making eight cents an hour. Mm-hmm. Eight cents an hour, and they not all. I might make a hundred dollars a month, right? But there was, I know uh, from the story that there's a gentleman who was donating his whole hundred dollars a month. And that's like the, you know, that's the big job when you're incarcerated, you've got a good job there and he's using it to do good from from the life sentence. And what's interesting about the story is that I, I guess it was the governor of California at the time had made it clear that people with these types of sentences would only be leaving in a pine box. Mm-mm. God said not. The governor yeah. said what he wanted, God said otherwise, but that they had, you know, you can serve your time. You can, you can change. People can change. That's the biggest thing I want you to know out right. of this whole thing is that you will always hear a lot of cynicists say that 
you know, leopards don't change their spots and da 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 da. And maybe, maybe some people don't change, but you can if you show up every day and you do the right things. You can change. It's just not easy. So some people may, might be confusing. Right. Um, can't with won't, hmm. right? Uh, with, with aren't trying hard enough. So, um, boy, we have a lot of comments that I am looking at that I, I'm going to say to everyone is saying, but God, but God, but God, good evening, Jeanette. I'm going to start showing things. Right. right. Um, even, do y'all remember Coach Renee? She is here. Yeah. Hey, Coach Renee. Um, so, so not only... So not only did Frank change his life, but um, it's Deacon Wood. <laughs> it's Deacon Woody, right? Yeah, amen. Oh, Woody, how you doing? <laughs> I'm distracted. I get distracted real easy. Y'all don't do that to me. So... <laughs> It's amazing. So tell hey, me. Brie. Oh, you know Brie Raymond? I don't know. Hello. But I'm going to show you these while we take just a little. Nicole Manley, hello. It's yeah, not my yeah, cousin, yeah. your cousin. <laughs> she had no idea. I got you, cuz. Yeah. A good story to be told, isn't it? Hey, because, <laughs> uh, I was so in, normally. I, I'm. I mean, I'm supposed to be paying attention to the comments, but I was so wrapped up in your story that I wasn't. So I'm sorry, everyone, and um, family. Bernardo Frank, vision for my shot. Um. So, how did you become a minister, though? Let's get over to that because. We've, we're getting low on time. We got twenty minutes. I'm telling you, if we get too close oh, to the hour, like after we haven't gotten to coming soon, or they are aware that's at the bottom. <laughs> we'll do it again, y'all. We'll do a part Amen. two. Amen. But um, Amen. absolutely. How, would you? Well, yeah. Um, how did you become a minister? How did you get there? Oh, that, that was real easy. I was out doing a lot of uh, poetry in um, 2000 and I don't know, um, two or three. Um, I was in and out of jail, right? Um, got out of jail, go get a hotel for about three months and end up getting locked back up or go grab an apartment and end up getting evicted from that. And oh. during that time, um, I didn't realize it, but I was in a depression and I began to write and I wasn't sure why I was writing. I just began to write um, how I felt and in writing how I felt, it was really gospel poetry. You know, it was me expressing my gratitude to living, but me also expressing the pain and hurt that I was going through and the pain and hurt I was causing others and sin um, causing others too. So um, I end up um, coming out of California and just started doing my poetry and 
it just attracted people, you know. Um, what's crazy is like <laughs> I didn't know you were a poet. I would be going to events. Oh, I didn't just know you for were... a brief moment. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, just for a brief moment. Um, <laughs> I, man, I had been into. I didn't mention this at all, but I had also been into the circular world as far as um, entertainment and fashion. And I was so used to like walking out on stage or being in front of crowds off of my drinking and smoking that I was doing it while I was doing this gospel poetry, you know, and Shauna was like, dude, you've been, you've been drinking. I'm like, yeah, how do you think I'm gonna go out here and talk to these people? Um, so that's how my, my transition ended up happening. Like, it was like, dude, what are you really thinking about? What are you really doing? And, um, I, I kept getting asked to do the poetry in the churches. Um, but I had also started giving up, um, that drinking and smoking. And then when it completely just went away, um, I was like, man, it's time to, you know, so I really take this thing seriously. And I started studying the Bible really, really hard, um, just intense with it. And, and one day, a pastor I had, he just called me up and was like, man, you, you minister green, you know, moving forward from here on out, you know, you, you're not just that common person um and it's not about a title because it, it really isn't um, yeah the, the ministry is in the person man we, we do a lot of outreach um that does not include these four walls um so it's it's not about you know saying a sunday morning uh being in a pulpit because i i honestly i could really care less about that um, mm -hmm. it's about how many people we affect outside those four walls you know right how many lives can you change how many people can you pour into you know if we changing one person or we connecting to to one soul that's truly a blessing you know if uh if my story inspires somebody to stop whatever it is it may be domestic violence um it may be pornography whatever right um whatever it motivates the person to stop from doing um because change happens over time not necessarily at at one point in time and I had a, a wise person tell me, you know, um, that when that real you come out, um, even when you're doing your wicked, I'll still meet you at that at that particular time. I want to meet the real you, you know what I'm saying? Because so much stuff is, is covered up behind the makeup, you know, of people and not really knowing the real person. And once they have sobered up and cleaned themselves up, now you meet that real person. and Right. Um, somebody did that for me. I can't remember who besides God, but you know, it happened to me and I'm I'm here to make it happen for others, you know. So, you know, yeah, so if again, if you're in this situation, and this situation, when I say those words again, it's anywhere that you don't want to be right now, whether it's in, in the hospital bed or in the streets or in 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 danger in a relationship wherever it is you don't have to be there because Jeanette I stopped on Jeanette and then I'm going to move on but she said amazing how God gives us a sign and we usually ignore it and Jeanette was actually on uh, so the Real Live uh, um, last week when I was speaking she she's uh, amazing and mm. that is such. That's so amazing because I, I was given so many signs of what I needed to do to get better after, as I was healing from my burns, 
but it still took me two and a half years to get there because sometimes it just takes you that long to figure it out. I mean, it takes you, it takes you however long it takes you, but it doesn't mean that you won't get there. And um, right, the ministry is in the person and not in the title. That's a big thing for me because I want y'all to know that I, I was Amen. raised in the AME Zion Church. I, I went to church every Sunday. Um, uh, and then as I was older, I never lost my relationship with God, but I did lose my relationship with the church to a degree. Um, I believe, I think more like Green, um, I want to call you Green Frank and Shauna do that, um, um, you know, everybody, we love everybody. There's not anybody that I want to leave out of who I love, <laughs> you know, there's not anybody that, that I, that I don't just want to pour into. And, and that's what you'll find if you, um, look, I, I, if you haven't heard it, I made a post earlier in the week about, or last week about keeping ministry alive and you dial up and you listen every Tuesday. And that's what I've been doing for, I guess, a couple of months now. Right. And that's yeah. been my, that's been my worship every week. And sometimes I miss it because I forget things. And uh, like uh, this week, I thought it was Monday. I don't know. But, but when I miss it, I, I feel it. It's like when you miss going to your service, when you miss having that what you need poured into you when you miss hearing the testimony when you miss hearing the pastor speak you can do it and um and you don't you don't have to be in the walls of the church and you don't you're good enough i guess is what i'm trying to say whatever the problem is you're you're good enough for for god to heal you I'm getting all caught up. So I'm gonna let you talk because I'm getting all caught up in it because that's what your story tells me over and over again with the way it repeats. And then you know, Frank and Shauna always put others before themselves with Shauna donating her kidney and Frank's continued support. I may not be here today. I'm glad you are, Bernard. I don't know you, but I'm glad you are. Yeah. Let me see. That's uh, the brother. <laughs> Here's a Cali King nine sixteen. Hello. <laughs> hey Red. Hey Queen. Red Dunes Crafts is from North Carolina. So you got a lot of people watching you that love you. And your story is really remarkable. Hey, Isn't it? What do what do you think? When you sit back and think about it, like Almost to me, when I listen to your story, it's like, I can't wrap my head around it sometimes. So do you still feel that way? Because it's still pretty recent for you. You know? Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we celebrating every day, Tanya. Like, life is, one is too short. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm 50, soon to be 51. But, I mean, man, 51 is not promised to me. So I'm just trying to get there, right? But once you get there, like, what are you going to do with it? You know, yesterday, all day long, God dealt with me. I gave you three years. You know what I'm saying? Um, what are you going to do with that? Does that mean you waking up at, at uh, 9, 10 in the afternoon or morning, I should say, 
or does that mean getting up at six o'clock in the morning and you know what I'm saying, pushing forward in another a whole nother level that you never push like he telling me to get my body physically ready my spirit ready um and then get this wealth ready you know like um he can't put you in charge of things and then you're not be a good steward of it you know so it's being able to take these small things because that's what laid the foundation is the is the small things mm-hmm. um, but it, it sets the whole foundation for everything that you're going to lay on top of it you know but if you can't be a, a good steward over those small things the rest of the house just kind of falls down you know what i'm saying because it's not built on solid ground so right um, god has been laying this work for me i couldn't see it through the way that i was actually well, i can see it now but you know Five years ago, I couldn't, I couldn't see where I'm at today. You know, um, certain positions he has placed me in, and people he um, has placed me. I don't want to use the word over, but um, to just take lead in situations, uh, I, I wasn't that man five years ago. So it, it took me to get here today to be able to now I can lead his people. You know, um, and I can be led just as well. So. Um, there's a, a try to a, step into these situations humble and just keep pushing yeah there's a, it, when you say that it makes me think of i've heard this sound clip and i i can't repeat it with the elegance that it said but basically that god might place you in a room and nobody knows who you are yet right nobody right. knows you're right. there you know maybe you don't know who you are yet and you just keep moving forward. You keep doing what you need to do. And for everyone else, let them sleep. And it goes on. Let them sleep. Man, God will meet you right where you at. You know what I'm saying? You in that dope house. You in that uh, prostitute house. You know what I'm saying? You pimping on the corner. You in the club. Whatever your vices are, God will meet you right where, where you at. You know? Um, not saying you won't have any challenges, but God will meet you right where you're at. And if you, it's a choice, it's a personal choice. If you choose to be delivered, that's what'll happen. And that's what happened for me. It's only because I made a choice to want to be delivered, not because he said, man, I'm delivering you and then I'm going to give you everything that you want. It doesn't happen that way. We don't do it for our kids and God is not going to do it for his kids. Right. We don't get everything we want. And, um, um, you know, um, <laughs> you know, we don't get everything that we want and we don't even know sometimes, um, like for me, my husband and I had always planned to, to travel the world at 50. We're going to retire and travel at 50. Well, um, I got burned at 45. So it seemed that that wouldn't happen. But now I am uh, 49 and um, I'm hoping to be able to travel the world and speak. What? And, and within the next year, I'll be 50. So, you know, I get mm. what I wanted and what I worked for. I just didn't know how I needed to, how I needed to get there or I didn't know the path I was meant to take until now, really. I mean, literally. Yeah. This past year, I know where I was going. And um, 
we're getting so close to the end that I'm, we're going to finish up. But will you do a part two with me in a week or two? <laughs> when you oh, have time? Part two, part three, part four. <laughs> yeah, we can part seven it out, you know? <laughs> we got to, they don't even know. Y'all don't even know. We still got to cover. You know, I put up the coming soon urban prayer wear, maybe next week or so. Um, I'll get with you on that. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that I always tell people is that the little things matter, just like you said, because you build upon those. You build upon them. That And they are your foundation. So those little things that you're overcoming, right. you're overcoming, you're overcoming, keep that in mind. Give yourself credit for it because when something big happens, you better have that foundation laid for the mm. strength to yeah. to to overcome it. So you're instead of down here, you all the little things get you up here, then you lose your face. I mean, lost all all face if you don't know me if you're watching, and every and chest and everything. But I'm not down. So the biggest question, though, when you're laying in the hospital bed or probably when you're down, when you are in the dope house <clears throat> or wherever you are that you don't want to be, is what's next? What am I going to do if I'm not doing this, right? right? Or from the hospital bed, what, or, or for me, it was I've lost my, my face and um, what am I going to, what am I going to do now? What's next, Frank? I don't know, man. I mean, God got a lot of work for me, um, for me and the family, because we all in this together. Um, I just see like things, it. you know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. See, we're doing that life coach thing again. You can talk. <laughs> oh. Did you tell me what you're doing? Um, I mean, man, just like... Um, Man, I, I I got put in a position right now um, where I definitely didn't see this for coming. Um, um, where I got placed as an executive director of an organization, and if you went and looked at credentials and stuff that's required and asked of, it doesn't necessarily match up. But if you look at life experience and what God has has done, it's over exceeding. Um, so I know God blessed me to to be able to uh, not because I got bachelors and masters and PhDs behind me, but because I have what He gave me off the street, and I have what He gave me inside my home, inside my uh, communities now and in the past, and <clears throat> that's what's leading me to to be able to push forward, you know, to be a, a stepping stone or a help to somebody else, you know. Uh, it's greater, you know, saying it's greater than than any of us, you know. And that's something I don't think you can express in words that you really got to do that um, in action. You know, really mm -hmm. have to show people in action. You do. You do have to show people in action. And that's what, you know, that's what I learned. I've got to get up and show up. I've got to do the podcast. I've got to, I've got to be seen right. to show people that, because a lot of people don't in my, the burn community, you know, when we lose our face, we don't want to show it. But I want y'all to consider 
that using face is not always literal, you know, um, and there's, right. you know, it's not always right. literal loss. We've still got to overcome it. So we've got to do, we're at 59 and a half minutes and we have not gotten to urbanprayerware.com and we haven't talked about, um, Frank is working on, uh, you, it, the website is coming soon for urbanprayerware.com. It'll be up in a week or two, maybe. Um, hopefully by the next time we talk, I don't know if we'll talk, but we'll probably continue this conversation next week if we can, I hope, um, just depending on schedules. Okay. Okay. Uh, my, I think mine is. Okay. I, I can do it. Um, I love this conversation. There's a lot more. I mean, when you want to talk about just mm -hmm. God's work, and again, God, universe, you call it whatever you want. He's, it's my God. And, um, you know, when you talk about the work that it can do and what helping people can do for you, because I believe that's what's important here. Frank tells his story right. and he doesn't hesitate. To, to tell the good and the bad. And, and, you, and you have to do that with your stories, guys. If you right. have a story to tell, tell it. It will help someone every time there's somebody that needs to hear it. Yeah. That's why God left yeah. you. Huh? Amen. That's why, yeah, that's, that's why. So, no, I say amen. Tiffany, it is an amazing story. Y'all are going to tune in next week. At the, are you available next week? Next Wednesday or do you, or another Wednesday? Absolutely. All right. No, wow. next week is, is fine. I mean, God got me here. I'm I'm, I'm here to, to spread spread. I feel we're supposed to be here, don't you? Do you feel it? Like we're supposed to be sitting Amen. here talking to each other. If I I feel Amen. it. And Amen. and yeah, so we're gonna add some more to the story next week, y'all. And uh, we thank you so much for watching. Remember, Urban Prayer Word is coming. We're going to talk about it next week. You can't buy Amen. it yet. Soon. And uh, <laughs> soon, soon, soon. Um, what would you like to say just to end the show today, if anything? What, uh, actually, what, do you take us out with a prayer? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I'll say this one thing, and um, well, yeah. actually a couple things, but one thing is, is Put God first, and you'll you'll never come in second place at all. Um, other thing I like to do, if I may, uh, hopefully you don't get me uh, for this, but just giving a shout out to Keep the Ministry Alive um, yeah. because they set that platform to have you to be able to come on and yeah, yeah. you to invite me on to to, to your setting. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for being a great hostess um, and allowing us to be able to come back next week to um, to continue this and. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say just send love wherever you can, you know, and uh, I will pray us out of here. Thank I'm you. not going to take off my hat because I ain't got a haircut, so mm. uh, okay. keep that safe. Go ahead, Frank. Right. Dear, God, dear God, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank everybody and ask that you bless those that have came on the line that have given up their time to um, listen to us talk tonight. Hopefully um, this message will be an influence, if not tonight, um, tomorrow, and in the future to change somebody's life, Father. And um, to let folks know that it's just possible that um, don't take their current situation or conditions or atmosphere that they may be in and look at it as saying, man, it's the end to all, but it's just the beginning. A fresh start, a new start, 
a second chance. Um, so for those that may not know that it's possible, we're here to spread love and tell you that it is possible. And if you trust and believe, that's, that's all you got to do is trust and believe um, that it's possible, yes. that it can happen for <clears throat> any of us. And uh, we just give thanks to you, Father. We give praise to you. We ask that you bless um, the hostess. Um, again, um, thank everybody for coming on and um, bless them and allow them to return um, if they're away from their home to return to their home peacefully. And um, if they travel, <clears throat> if they're traveling, to give them the traveling grace that they need to get to and from. And if they may be in a hospital somewhere, Father, we just ask for a speedy recovery. Thank you. We give thanks, we give praise, we give glory, we give honor, and lift you up and magnify you. In Jesus' holy name, we say this prayer and sign out with an amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, amen. Tanya. God bless you. Amen. So much, and God bless you. Thank you. Um, I'll see y'all next week, and thank you so much for joining me. And um, to my followers, you really need to subscribe, like, follow, and share. Subscribe so you don't miss next week, and share so that someone who needs to hear this hears it. And whatever you're going through, please just remember that this too shall pass. Bye. Amen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.